You're listening to the Steve Freeman Podcast, the real raw truth about the pursuit of success in music, business, and life. Here's your host, hit songwriter, multi-platinum selling producer, and serial entrepreneur, Steve Freeman. I'm Steve Freeman. Welcome back to the Steve Freeman Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about something important, the most common critical digital social media marketing mistakes that you are probably making right now that after this podcast, you shouldn't be making at all. That's what we're talking about today. Before we jump in, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. That way it's automatically uploaded, downloaded, whatever you want to call it, to your playlist, no matter where you're listening to the podcast, whether it's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else. Also, I would love to have you a member of my inner circle. You get the music business blog, plus a lot of other benefits and access directly to me to ask your questions. You can do that at my website, thestevefreeman.com. We've also got something very cool starting. I am uh, very happy and proud to announce a new partnership with Design by Humans to bring you a full line of Steve Freeman podcast and independent gear merch, t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, coffee mugs, basically everything. You want to show your support, show everybody you listen to the best damn podcast out there. You can do that. You can find that by visiting my website, thestevefreeman.com. You can also click the link in any of my social media profiles and it will take you straight to the new merch store brought to you by myself and the good people at Design by Humans. Speaking of social media, if you're not following me already, it's at the Steve Freeman across all social media profiles. All right, let's jump in. I get so many questions from you guys about social media and how should I be doing social media or I'm frustrated that I'm not getting the likes that I need or that I want. I'm not getting the engagement that I really want out of my social media platforms. Today, we're going to talk about several common and critical digital and social media marketing mistakes that I think a lot of artists make. Let's dive right in. Number one, asking for something before you introduce yourself to your audience. I think this one is key. A lot of artists try to dive and drive engagement from the start or ask your potential audience or your new audience or existing audience or maybe a new fan for a favor before you even get to know somebody. Now, I kind of... (laughs) This is a bad thing that's going on around Nashville. It, it gets worse, worse. The panhandlers asking for money. L- let me put it into this context for you. Let's say there's a stranger that comes up to you and asks you for five bucks or $2. They pull the whole, I ran out of gas and I'm just trying to get home routine. Okay, if you've never met this person in your life, you have no idea who in the world they are. Are you likely to give that person five bucks? Or if somebody you know comes up to you and says, hey, I need five bucks to cover this. You got five bucks on you. Which person are you more likely to give that $5 to? You're more likely to give that $5, we all are, to the person that we know. You've got to think about social media in the exact same way. A lot of you are doing what you've got to do to go out there and and recruit new fans and get new people interested in you as an artist or songwriter or producer or business. Don't hit these people up for something right away. You don't know them yet. 
and they don't know you. So don't ask them for something before you've had that introduction period, before they know who you are and you feel like you've got some sort of camaraderie with them and they know you. I think this is so important. They have to have a basic awareness of who you are and what you stand for. You can't just ask them to stream this song, buy this ticket, buy this album, do this, do that. Don't treat your fans initially like every post on your, your Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or all of that, any of the social media platforms as an advertisement. We've talked about this before. You can't just be a commercial on social media. And I tell artists that I'm developing, that I work with all the time, I tell them, we've talked about this before, it's the give, 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 ask philosophy. Only one out of every 10 posts that you're posting should be about asking them to do something, asking them to download this, stream this, watch this. It's very important. Get to know your fans before you ask them to do something for you. I promise if you stop doing that, you will see your numbers increase. More importantly, you will see the holy grail of social media start to work for you. And, and that, quite frankly, is, is very simple. It is just getting to know your fans. Let them get to know you. So stop asking for something before you've had that introduction period and getting to know your fans. I think the second biggest mistake that a lot of people and a lot of artists make is we tend to think that our fans or potential fans are just like us. Everything that's visible or audible to an audience from song lyrics and sound selection to Instagram captions, the clothes that you're wearing, they all act as filters that help potential fans decide whether they do or don't feel drawn to you as an artist. So it's easy for an artist who's obsessed with, with you know, whatever it be, whether it be clothing brands or a specific kind of music or or basically anything that describes even the genre of music. It's easy for an artist who's obsessed with those things to assume that your followers are just as excited and as enthusiastic as you are about that one thing. Don't make the mistake of thinking that all of your fans or potential fans are just like you. You've got to understand that most people, and I've talked about this before, if you're a country artist, you can't automatically assume that people are following you because they like country music. That would be a horrible mistake to do. If you were to get somebody's iPhone or Android device and you were to go into where they, iTunes or Apple Music, wherever they have all of their music cataloged, I promise you that you're going to find a vast array and selection of different types of music. They don't just like country music. They like rock music. They like rap music. They like urban music. They like hip hop music. They like pop, alternative rock. Everybody likes a little more than just one thing. So you can't use your social media platforms to constantly force feed this thing that you think they're there for. Don't pretend to know your audience better than they know themselves. Use your social media platforms and outlets as an opportunity to start a conversation. Get to, again, it goes back to point number one, get to know what your fans or potential fans are there for. What is that one piece of content that really caused them to engage? Stop pretending that all of your fans are just like you.
the third and I think really important point here or common mistake that many of you make on social media is you target an audience pool that is way too specific. Again, it kind of marries with point number two. You know, artists can miss the mark when they eliminate too much of a potential audience in search of the perfect fan. Like, let's say you're using your social media and you are targeting 18 to 24 year olds. Maybe some of your fans are older than 24 or younger than 18. You've got to allow for that. We all get lost sometimes in the metrics and in the analytics, and we start looking and we start trying to dial in and get that perfect fan, right? We, we, we keep swimming and shopping in a pool that is way too specific. There are a lot of tools that Facebook has, that Instagram has, that YouTube has. They all have these amazing analytics, right? But don't dive into those things and don't become a believer just because it says so. Stop targeting an audience pool that's way too specific. Okay, that's point number three. Point number four plays on point number three, and that is a lot of you target an audience that is way too broad. Again, you cannot think of it like country music. You just can't do that. You can't say, I'm going to target country music fans. Well, there's way too many of them. I mean, targeting as many people as possible to drive your numbers, it's ultimately going to dilute the effectiveness of any campaign, of any post. And that basically boils down to putting you in front of the people who are most likely to like what they see or hear and stick around. That's what you want to do. You know, some of you are running YouTube ads, some of you are running Facebook ads, some of you are running Instagram story ads. All of that is very important, but you've got to find the perfect mix of trying to find and create an engaged audience for yourself by not targeting an audience that's too specific and one that is not too broad. You can't just uh, advertise to people who love Jeeps or people who love country music. You've really got to dial in, but don't dial in too specifically. Look, this is a, it's almost a science, and this is almost a career. This is why this is a huge business in the music industry right now, our social media marketing and optimization firms. I know the, the, the artists that we handle it for, it is, it is a day-to-day -day change. The algorithms constantly change and you have to stay on top of knowing if I want to post something on social media, if I'm going to use social media to grow my fan base, I can't be too narrow. I can't be too broad. Every individual is unique. As unique as your music is, as unique as your artist career should be and who you are as an artist, as an artist should be exactly how you're targeting a potential fan base. It's not always going to be one way or the other. You've got to find where it is that you're hitting the nail directly on the head. Let me, let me tell you something very important. I was talking to an artist the other day and I brought up this point and it was like watching the light bulb go off in her head. Everybody, all, every artist that I know, every artist that I've ever known, every artist that I've ever worked with has worried to death about having a publicist. 
Every artist wants a publicist because that a lot of you are the, under the misconception that that is where you really start to grow your artist career because they can get you on the Tonight Show. They can get all these articles written. They can get you in the press. They can get you, you know, in all of the industry magazines and blogs and all this that matter that all these millions of people read, watch or listen to. And, and the publicist is the key to all that. I've said before in videos and podcasts, one of the things you need to understand as an artist about publicists and about publicity is that publicists don't ever start the fire, right? They don't create the story. They tell the story and they introduce the story to larger platforms and larger media outlets. You have to have the story before you hire a publicist. Any publicist that is worth their grain of salt is going to tell you that they need to start working with you three months to four months before whatever it is, this thing, let's say you're launching an album, you're, you're coming out with a new EP or album, and you want to hire a publicist to help get the word out there. They need to start working with you three months to four months before that album is going to drop. That gives them time to help you further develop your story. Again, remember, they do not create the story. They spread the story. And this is why so many artists think that having a publicist is the key only to get to the point where they can afford a publicist and they hire one and then they realize that they didn't have the story and the release doesn't go as planned. They don't get the engagement that they thought they were going to get. You're not getting on the shows that you thought you were going to get and it doesn't work. It's because you didn't have the story to begin with. You cannot count on your publicist. But to go to my larger point, what I told this artist the other day was, I said, take out your phone, hold your phone in your hand. And she did. And I said, that is your publicist. I said, there, I just saved you $3,500 a month. Anybody that has a smartphone, and I'm assuming that that is 100% of you listening today because you're probably mostly all listening on Apple Podcasts or you're watching or listening on YouTube. So you've got a smartphone. Your phone is your publicist. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Instagram stories, all of these places you should look at as your media outlets. Those are places that you can develop a story and tell a story and get engagement from that. Think of your cell phone as your publicist and use it that way. That is going to save you money and it's going to get you into a process of knowing that Publicity and growing an artist career, artist development is a lot like a funnel, okay? You, the more you put in, the more it's going to come out the bottom. Now, you have to understand that not everything you put in the top is going to come out the bottom. Like 1% is going to come out the bottom. But to keep that 1% dripping out of the bottom, you've got to constantly be filling the funnel, constantly be putting in to the top of the funnel so that it has time to shake through the process and that 1% of it drops out the bottom. That's why I tell new artists when I'm working with them when we come to the social media conversation. It's so funny to me. Most artists that I run into are extremely uncomfortable with social media. They don't like posting on social media. It, 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 it seems awkward and odd to them. And I get that because it's the same way for me. There's nothing more frustrating on the face of the planet than sitting around wondering what the hell to post on Instagram right now. It's true. But the more you post is like loading that funnel. You're not going to get engagement and the kind of engagement, the ton of likes and ton of comments on every single post that you make. But it's that funnel philosophy. It's about getting 
everything that you put in the top to get that 1% to come out of the bottom. Think of it that way. The fifth point is waiting too long to test new formats. Now, I hear this one all the time and I'm just as guilty. So I've got to kind of spank myself on the hand here too, because I see a lot of artists do that. A lot of artists say, well, Steve, I've got a lot of fans on Instagram. I get a lot of likes. I get a lot of engagement. I'm not really a Facebook person or I'm not really a Twitter person or I may be get a lot of engagement on Twitter, but I don't get that much on Instagram or Facebook or vice versa. But you you tend to hone in on one platform and that tends to be your specialty. And that's where you focus all of your time, effort and energy. That is a mistake. You need again, think of it like your publicist and all of these different social media outlets are your television stations, they are your newspapers, your blogs, they are your radio stations, they are your media outlets. So the more media outlets you can cover, the better. Again, the more you're posting to Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and every Tumblr, Pinterest, every other social media platform, you are loading the funnel. So don't wait too long to test new formats. Now, let me give you an example. TikTok right now. If you're an artist or a songwriter, producer, whatever, new business, and you're not creating content for TikTok or at least taking content that you are sharing on other platforms and sharing it through a TikTok channel, you are making a huge mistake. Now, I get the argument. I had this with a a family member the other day who was huge on Vine, huge, had, you know, half a million or more followers, had 300 million or something like that revive. I mean, he was huge. I, I sent him a text and I said, hey, why are you not crushing it on TikTok. And his response back to me was, that's for kids. It's not really my thing. I I think that is a huge mistake. The reason being is when a social media platform is new, its algorithm is open. That means there is more discoverability. You have a better chance of your content actually penetrating through to an audience and getting engagement from them. TikTok is new, although there's almost a billion people on it, which is another, that's that in itself right there is a reason why you should be there. There's almost a million people there for an audience right? But the algorithm right now is open. So if you're creating content and you're putting it up there, then you have a a very good chance of getting discovered and starting to develop a fan base and a following that then you can take those people and take them to your Instagram or to your Snapchat or to your Facebook. Again, it's the funnel philosophy. Okay, so don't wait too long to test new formats because what's going to happen with TikTok is the same thing that's going to have that's happened with Instagram, with Facebook and with every other social media platform. That is, they're going to get a handle on their algorithm. And then when you start creating content, you're going to be so far behind the eight ball. They're going to tighten that algorithm down and your the discoverability is going to go through the floor you're not going to be able to be discovered. And then you're going to be sitting right where most of you are sitting right now. And that is frustrating because you cannot seem to break through and get that engagement. Don't wait too long to test new formats. If you're not on TikTok right now, you've got to be on TikTok. I know it sounds stupid. I know everybody out there, this is for teenagers and it's for this, it's for young kids. It's not. 
Again, you've got to stop thinking and putting blinders on your career. If you have a potential audience, it is your job to get out there and maximize that potential audience. There are almost a billion people there. You should be there. The last point I want to talk about today is I think something that is serious, and it is something that we all take personal because we are creatives. And because we are creatives, we put so much of our own value and our self-worth in the songs that we're writing, the songs that we're producing, the videos that we're making. We care because we're creative. The last point is stop overreacting to negative responses. Look, People, you can find somebody that will be negative all day long. People would rather take 30 minutes out of their day to post a negative comment or a thumbs down on something than they had to take two seconds and write something positive. You've all heard the, the whole thing, bad news travels fast. Same thing about negativity. There are just people out there that just survive and exist to try to bring you down. And we've talked about that before. I wish more people tried to lift more people up, but that is just not the society we live in. It's just what, for whatever reason, it is not people's first go-to reaction. It's just not to be positive. It's to be negative. We talked in the podcast the other day about learning to have a thick skin in the music business. And that's where this comes in. Don't be afraid to post, to write an article, to put yourself out there. You are going to get negative responses. It happens. It's going to happen. I get them all the time. I've gotten to the point now where I actually love them. I look forward to them because those are the people that I'm going to engage back with directly because I make them think. When somebody posts a negative comment about the podcast or about the video or, or whatever it is, I always comment back to them directly and, and, and I confront them on what it is they said. What you find is, is that they will eventually drop out of the conversation because they have no reason for being as negative as they were other than they're just a killjoy. They just want to spread negativity because most of the time they're jealous. They can't do what it is that you're doing. They don't have the knowledge that, that you have. They don't have the success that you have. So instead of trying to learn or instead of trying to do it themselves, it's easier for them just to hate on somebody that does. We talked about this with the whole Taylor Swift thing. People don't hate Taylor Swift. They hate that she had every advantage and that she did everything right. And they didn't. So stop overreacting and taking it so personal when people give negative responses. They're going to do it. I always love it. This happens 100% of the time. If I'm producing an independent artist and it's not a major label thing or it's not a label thing at all, it's just an independent artist. The funny thing of it is, is we will go in, we'll take the songs, I'll produce the record, it comes back, it sounds amazing, it sounds like a major label artist. That artist will always take it back to their hometown, wherever it is they're from, and they will play it 
for everybody that they know because they're extremely proud of it. Now, despite the fact that the same guys that play on Keith Urban's record and Luke Combs' records and and Tim McGraw's records and Carrie Underwood's records all played on this guy's record, the same people that mix and master all those projects mix and master this artist project. None of that matters. There's always that guitar player, drummer, bass player, whatever that's played at the VFW for the last 15 years always says, well, I mean, I think this could have been better. This doesn't sound very good. Um, I mean, who mixed this? Like they could do any better. It's because they're jealous and they're stuck in a routine in a rut that they never got out of themselves. That's why they are so negative. So don't take it personal. I know it's hard. Grow your thick skin and stop reacting, overreacting to negative responses. So just a quick overcap. Let's go over these again. Stop asking for something before you introduce yourself to your fans. Get to know your fans before you ask. Remember this philosophy. Give, 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 and then ask. The second point is stop thinking that all your fans are just like you. They like other things outside of whatever it is that they like you for. They're coming to your content for. They have a broad range of interests. They don't like the exact same things that you do. Keep that in mind. Point number three, you're targeting an audience pool that is too narrow, too specific. Open it up. Again, that plays with point number two of not thinking that your audience is just like you. But also point number four, don't target an audience pool that's too wide. You can't be too specific and you can't be too broad. But I promise you, the key to understanding and learning the way to navigate points three and four goes all the way back to point number two and point number one, and that is get to know your fan base. If you know your fan base, you will never market to them too specifically or too broadly because you know who they are. Point number five is stop waiting too long to test new formats. Your goal this week, if you're not on TikTok, get the hell on TikTok right now. Point number six, or I'm sorry, yeah, point number six, uh, stop overreacting to negative responses. It's going to happen. People are negative by nature, and it's nothing personal against you. They're just sad, lonely people living in their parents' basements that have nothing better else to do, and they failed at whatever it is that they were trying to do. So lifting you up or trying to lift themselves up, it's just easier to be negative against people who are succeeding and or at least look like they're trying to be aggressive in being successful. There you are. Those are some of the most common and critical digital and social media marketing mistakes that artists, songwriters, and producers are making. I hope you enjoyed the podcast uh, today. The next podcast, we are going to talk about the gig bill out in California, what it's going to mean for songwriters and singers and independent contractors. This is a huge thing going on out in California. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about it. That's coming up on Friday's edition of the Steve Freeman podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple uh, Podcast, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, if you subscribe, every episode, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is automatically downloaded to your playlist. Also, don't forget to join my inner circle, get the music business blog and have access directly to me to be able to ask your questions. All you have to do to sign up is go to my site, thestevefreeman.com, and you can become a member 
of my inner circle. If you're not following me on social media, it's at the Steve Freeman. And don't forget, brand new, I'm excited as hell about it, the new Steve Freeman podcast and independent merch brought to you by a partnership between myself and the awesome people over at Design by Humans. You can get there by clicking the link in my Instagram profile, click merch, it'll take you to the new store, or you can visit it at my site, thestevefreeman.com. We've got hoodies, t-shirts, stickers, mugs, baseball tees, men's, women's, unisex, we've got it all. Get yourself a piece of the podcast merch or the independent merch. I love the independent merch. I've got it coming to me and I can't wait to wear it. It's really cool. I love the design, but you can check it out uh, with Design by Humans. Guys, thank you so much for being here. And until the next episode, say it with me, keep being creative, keep pressing the boundaries, and there's nothing wrong with being independent. See you in the next one. Thanks for joining us for the Steve Freeman Podcast. Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Steve on social media at, at the Steve Freeman.